Sometimes you can find giving away your own product is actually harming you. Giving away a really nice peripheral product to a very select few winners will very likely have a higher conversion rate effect on your inbound leads because people aren't just waiting to see if they won. That could stop somebody from purchasing entirely. Whereas if you're giving away a product that is peripheral to your product, it doesn't really affect the purchase decision of your product. That's where my tendency leads towards is like collaborating with a different brand or buying a few swag items that you can give away to build that list instead of making people wait to see if they won your product. This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the email and text marketing platform that puts D2C brands in control. If you're the leader of a D2C brand, you need a platform that hustles as hard as you do. Klaviyo unlocks the power of your e-commerce data so you can personalize and automate messages that keep customers coming back. D2C brands communicate with Klaviyo. Get started for free at klaviyo.com DTC. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. I'm Eric Dick. It is Thursday, and today we're back live with another episode. Today we're talking about email marketing. Specifically, we've brought our head of email, Julian, and our head of partnerships, Dan. Welcome to the All Killer No Filler DTC podcast, gentlemen. Julian, why don't we start with you? We just went through the biggest Black Friday, Cyber Monday in the company's history, which is fantastic. What were some of the big wins that you saw on the email and SMS side this year? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that that we saw that made a huge, huge difference for our clients was like building hot lists pre-Black Friday, pre-Cyber Monday. Um, really maximizing the potential of the current audience to like sign up for exclusive access. Some of our clients were, you know, a little bit more conservative, some were a little bit more aggressive, but one of the things that we found was uh, the most effective was just like building a hot list for the deals and giving people uh, who are either already VIPs through uh, the SMS program or the email program early access to that and really hammering the fact that they were getting early access, that inventory could be affected if they'd waited, and like leveraging the fact that they signed up for these deals. Like I think one of the conversion rates uh, or the click-through rates on, on one of our SMS sends for a particular brand was in the like 60 percentile because the people were so engaged, like they were just waiting for the drop. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that was probably the most eye-opening thing and something that we hadn't really hadn't really effectively done with a large amount of clients. And it was something that we tried to roll out across all of our clients, uh, you know, depending on whether or not they wanted it. And everyone who opted in for it and said, yeah, this is a great idea, do it, saw huge, huge results, particularly on SMS, because it, it's so timely and you get access to it like right away. You don't you're not sifting through, you know, 50 emails in your inbox to find your exclusive access. It's delivered right to your phone. And it's perfect fit with that idea of exclusivity, with that idea of that personal connection. So like when you're upping things to, to give people early access. Now, when you said drop, was that a product drop or just the sale drop? A few of our clients had like product specific sales going on, um, but none were like dropping new products for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. That's something that, you know, might even be a, a possible strategic move in the future, right? Like dropping a, a new product on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then giving that exclusive access. But mostly it was just like, you get access to the deals before anybody else. You get to know the deals before anybody else. 
and you are part of it, like an exclusive group of people that get that access early. And, uh, and in some cases for some clients get an extra discount or a free product with your purchase, uh, whatever, whatever we agreed upon with the client that was going to be, um, the, the selling point for that early access. That's interesting. I just, I just did a podcast with Noble and they, they kind of blew me away because they don't ever discount. And I'm like, you don't even discount on Black Friday, Cyber Monday? They're like, no, we don't ever discount. But what they do on Black Friday, Cyber Monday is they launch new collections. I'd heard this before that discounts are, they can be dangerous, obviously. And, and it's hard when you discount someone that was going to make a purchase anyway from like your most loyal users. Is that something that goes into discounting via email that you think about? I guess over Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it's just such an expectation for most people. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely brands who are really, really sensitive to it. And for those brands, you you need to have sort of like a, a reasoning behind it that you stand behind, you know, probably all year long. So that makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you don't want a discount and you still want to compete for the attention span of your potential user base, uh, something like a product drop makes a lot of sense. And then again, I would hammer exclusivity, hammer urgency and potential inventory issues surrounding that, right? Because that's going to be that sort of drive for urgency and that drive for scarcity that's really going to make your users react to that. A really great point. And it's just, again, about that contextuality with the fact that they're, you know, the shipping lines are congested. This is just another thing that you can put into any one of your ads and it affects everyone because everyone's experiencing the pinch when it comes to the shipping delays. I was just trying to make some last minute uh, Christmas decisions for my daughter that uh, going to have to wait till next year. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's another thing we're seeing a ton of uh, more than ever in the, in the industry is, is early cutoff dates for people. I think a lot of brands felt the sting after last year of not having their supply lines be as available as, as they thought they were going to be. So tons and tons of brands doing that this year. And, and I think it, I think it's a good play. And I think honestly, it, it's turned out some great results for our clients as well, even on, on the ones that might not necessarily have as much of an impending timeline for their supply as, as others. But um, but it's it's definitely a great strategy. And it's a great way to ensure that your client gets what they need too, right? Like they're ensuring that the customer, the end customer is getting what they need on time. One more question here that I'm interested in. Do you enforce discounts? Like if someone messages you that a day, you get an email the day after a big sale, are you sneaking them in there to give them the discount? Or are you enforcing like when you miss the deadline, you miss the deadline? That is something I let my brand uh point of contacts uh discuss among themselves yeah typically like from the delivery side of things uh since we're not often the ones who are handling customer service issues we'll let them decide whether that's something they want to do but what we do do is typically always stress a timeline because that sense of urgency is is very very important uh if you don't give people a deadline they're never going to associate any importance with your offer so I would say that's a brand by brand thing and, and dependent on their resources for customer service and, and how they're looking to retain either a first time purchaser versus a, a long time subscriber, right? Could be totally different ways that you approach that. Did they just like, was it about 50-50? Did most brands enforce it or did most brands let it slide? I think most brands enforce it at every stage that they can and then when it's an escalated customer service issue, they're probably not telling anybody, but they're probably letting them slide through. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Dan, we brought Dan on. Dan was one of the first people we ever brought on our podcast. Dan and I go way back in the tech game. Uh, and Dan now heads up our partnership team where it's funny, like looking at his calendar is just absolutely insane because it's on any given day, you're meeting with a half dozen, a dozen different brands uh, that may be looking to engage with Pilot House on one level or another. I just wanted to bring you on and chat about your observations when it comes to these brands that you meet and where you see they're at with their email and SMS. Yeah, good question. Obviously, it, it, it varies, right? Um, I think if we sort of take a step back and, and look at what is happening in the digital landscape holistically with the attribution fuck show that has been created by iOS 14.5, um, I think has opened a lot of folks' eyes in terms of what kind of channels they really need to be focused on. And it's it's very much creating a shift towards owned channels, right? You have owned, you have earned, you have paid for. We do a lot of paid for. Earned is like PR, social, organic stuff. Uh, and then you have owned, and owned is really email SMS, right? So a lot of folks are starting to realize, especially now, and I think this has always been true. Email is typically one of the best ROI platforms out there because there's no upfront media cost to it, right? So it's generally like $1 in results in $43 in return. At least that's the most recent report that I read. So it's it's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, and I think to, to Julian's point, right, there's a very big difference between email and SMS. And what we have seen is that if you do both, you have better conversion rates for both than if you only do one or the other. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Synergistic so, is the word, I believe. Yeah, because you're giving your customers a choice. How do you want us to contact you? As opposed to saying, well, we're only gonna contact you this way. People like an option, right? Yeah, that's a really good point, Dan. And one of the things that we've noticed, at least with our team, because of our close relationship working in, in Clavio, you know, they've made huge, huge strides into SMS in the, in the recent months and being able to build your SMS into your email program and have them work together instead of constantly battling each other for attribution and message timing and relevancy. It's man, it's just, it's changing the game. So uh, I'd highly recommend it if a brand uh, out there is, is on Clavio and using another SMS provider to consider switching over because uh, it's it's really, really powerful. And we've had some amazing results with it. That's awesome. Jenna Crane loves to hear it from Clavio, a previous podcast guest. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, right, and, and Julian touched on this earlier, is is part of that tactical difference between those two platforms, right? So everyone has their phone in their hand 100% of the time now, basically. But what that means is the immediacy of SMS is now ahead of the immediacy of email. Most people have a couple hundred unread messages in their inbox. It's just the way it goes. Everyone gets spammed. There's so many newsletters that I, I, don't, I can't even keep track anymore. But if someone hits me on my phone that I want to hit me on my phone, I'm going to immediately check that out. Right. And that's the important piece is the is the exclusivity and the ahead of normal messaging cadence of SMS can really give you a, a big edge when it comes to um, getting offers in front of your potential customers. With 2022 right around the corner and social and digital platforms continuing to pose efficiency challenges, marketers are turning to TV to efficiently drive customer acquisition ad scale. Tatari helps brands buy and measure ads across linear and streaming TV, 
capturing the most important metrics so you can assess performance and optimize your TV campaign just like you do on digital channels. Visit tatari.tv to see why brands like Calm, Daily Harvest, and Rothy's use Tatari's TV advertising measurement and service to optimize and scale on TV. One of the things that I see a lot of the most successful brands that I've talked with this year and that I see from uh, our clients at Pilot House as well is the ones that really understood that you make your hay while the sun is shining and that list building exercises in those earlier parts of the year are absolutely critical for harvesting when it comes time. Like, you know, to use D2C as an example, we grew all year at a pretty good pace uh, in terms of running ads, driving subscribers for the newsletter. Q4 rolls around and our costs triple for driving these users. So we've had to find a number of other ways to acquire them. And it makes us sort of realize, okay, maybe our schedule as a business will be to acquire users at a more aggressive pace in that first part of the year and then rely on other things, organic contests, things like that in in the year where, where things get super expensive. This kind of goes to another point that someone was telling me recently about how with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they go hard in the time up ahead. But in the actual days of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, they kind of pull back a little bit on their paid spend and really like let the email and SMS do the heavy lifting. Is that something you coordinate with at all? I can I can talk to that quickly. I know that um, we we have a, a saying here on the media buying side, right, which is fill the funnel and then squeeze the rag. So on the way into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we need to fill up the funnel um, and then hit with retargeting uh, and like you said, you know, email and SMS during the actual sale days because you're competing against every single brand. So if you're building those audiences two three months ahead of time and then utilizing email flows, SMS follow-up, retargeting to hit them during the period of time when purchase intent is a lot higher, you're going to wind up ahead of the game. And then Julian, what were the best tactics you saw for people list building ahead of the game this year? A big one that a lot of our brands were into into testing. And, And a lot of the time, these were brands that did have you know, access to our traffic teams as well uh, was like generating contests, right? You can get a lot of cheap traffic generating contests. And and yes, it does reduce maybe the quality of, of those leads. Um, however, you're generating a massive, a massive amount more at a much lower CPA than you typically would. And then you're building that list for the purchase time of, you know, promo season, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, holidays, everything like that. And it's not like a newsletter giving away a Tesla, you know, no shade on, on Hustle because it worked really well for them. You're giving away your product. So you know that they're interested, at least it's more qualified than maybe other, you know, glamorous products potentially because they're at least interested in your product if they want it for free. It's a bit of a point of contention actually as well. And one thing that we're looking to really, really test aggressively into the new year, because sometimes you can find giving away your own product is actually harming you. It can be more advantageous to give away a peripheral product that complements the product line that you offer your clients. So like, let's say you're a a coffee bean subscription company, giving away a really nice grinder to a very select few winners uh, will very likely have a, a higher conversion rate effect on your inbound leads because people aren't just waiting to see if they won if that makes sense, right? Because like it, that that could stop somebody from purchasing entirely. Whereas if you're giving away a product that is peripheral to your product, it doesn't really like affect the purchase decision of your product. I think that, you know, in the coming months, we're going to see a little bit more data coming back on that. But I, I think, you know, that's where my 
my tendency leads towards is like maybe not necessarily giving away your product, but collaborating with a different brand or just going out and like buying a few swag items that you can give away to build that list instead of making people wait to see if they won your product. And then, okay, so we've got people owning their list. They've built it up all year. Black Friday passes and they have these big lists. Are we treating the people that joined during the rush of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, any different long-term versus people that have been around for years? What kind of segmentation goes into segmenting your users after you've had this big increase, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? That's a really good question. And and I think Again, it, it's brand dependent, but it also is is really important for for like a couple key standards for that. Like you want to know where what time that person came into your list and what their purchase window was. Like if they if their first interaction with the brand is uh, on Black Friday and they purchased, you do want to have that sort of segmentation so that you can measure the response rate or the retention rate of that cohort over time. And then obviously you want to be able to compare that to your long-term customers. One of the things that that we found was really effective with a couple of our brands was getting people into a two time, like what you would call almost like a two times buyer flow. So like first, you know, they capitalized on the deal. You want to try and get them in for another purchase, probably before, you know, New Year's is over. So setting up a a distinct flow for that. And then also like making sure that you go back and have some sort of value for those new list members and new purchasers after the rush is over. Like I was, I was mentioning earlier, you know, a lot of brands say like, like, Oh, black Friday is over. Like everybody go on Christmas vacation. And like, all of a sudden there's like no emails being sent or, or whatever it is, you know, a, a much lower frequency being sent. And I think it's really important that brands recognize the fact that people spend their hard-earned money over the holiday season, over this, over this like peak purchase period, and really like give them their dues. And, and even it can even be like a plain text email saying like, "Hey, thanks for participating in Black Friday with us. You guys are awesome." It can really go a long way in terms of creating that value long term, even for those one-time, first-time purchasers. Dan, just to to wrap up here, what do you? What are your visions for? Because I know you, what, what, what's the term you use? It's stake. You're, you're slinging stake, bringing deals to the team. What do you foresee like 2022 will bring in this email SMS division of Pilot House? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, I think we're going to see a lot of growth as more brands realize that owned uh, lists and owned data are really like a, a, a very valuable resource for their businesses, right? And it's not just necessarily the idea of selling more stuff to the people on their lists. The idea of providing real value to those people makes them a more loyal customer long-term. Builds the distribution channel. This is something I I talk about with all the guests recently is this idea of you not being necessarily a brand, but you're really building a distribution channel to that audience's affinity. And I think email, nothing does it better than this combo that we've just discussed here of, of email and SMS. Love it. Anything to add there, Julian, for 2022? I think we're going to see a ton of brands jumping on SMS, um, you know, that, that have never explored it before as a viable option. Uh, I think we're going to see a ton of brands looking to silo the metrics under one roof. So won't, wouldn't be surprised to see some of these SMS providers coming out with email programs more email providers coming out with SMS programs, that kind of thing. And, and it's really, it's really going to be necessary as time goes forward because uh, privacy laws are changing. We're getting less and less information from email than we ever were before. So a lot of strategy 
in terms of how the two platforms work together coherently. Very cool. Nice, guys. This was a lot of fun. Any big Christmas plans? Dan, you're, you're still in Costa Rica, right? Yes, I am flying home to uh, Connecticut uh, to see my parents on Sunday. And then I'm there for a week. And then going to New Jersey to my brother's house to see him and his wife and their one-year-old. So Love it. The American guy on my team is traveling all over the place as well. It's like it's like planes, trains, and automobiles. Is, uh, yeah, and then I have a wedding in New Orleans on New Year's. Which that's should be amazing. A, a disaster. Love it. How about you, Julian? You staying on the island? Yeah, I'm. I'm staying. I have a heart. My my mother has a has a very hard line for Christmas, and if if the whole family is not there, it, it gets it gets troublesome. So I'll be uh, I'll be sticking here for Christmas, and then actually for New Year's, I'll be going out to Montreal to go see my family out there. Go have a nice New Year's party out there. How about you? What are you doing? I'm going to be here in this room looking at my dog portrait. No, I got, I got a nice family <laughs> Christmas here, here, here in, uh, in Victoria, BC. Uh, I'll be missing my family back home in Ontario, but, uh, but yeah, definitely be, be doing a lot of nice little day trips here and there. Just, I got an eight year old. So really my Christmas is just all about making her Christmas as special as possible. I'm actually going out after this to try to find a remote controlled car for her, which I'm pretty happy that she wants a lot of fun nice. stuff there. So I'll, I'll find myself on a few email lists after that. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.